Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. It is my mission to show every person their true economic potential. Not just the money you can make, but your own ability to control your economic destiny and live the life you were meant for. I answer your questions and bring on guest hosts to share inspiring stories, teach valuable lessons, and offer a strategy or two. In the next half hour or so, I hope that you might learn something that could change your life. You are meant to live a good life, and I want to help you get there. Today we have another one of our great speakers, Conference 21, Tarletta Williams with Black Dragon Marketing. It's uh, highly propitious that she is on the show this week. If you've been watching my other content on YouTube at youtube.guyonosaguy.com, you've been seeing I'm talking a lot about authenticity and the fact that many entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship means a number of different paths, multiple streams of income, and some of them are professional and prestigious things like being a marketing expert or being a coach, and some of them are things that are, are fun uh, or just make a lot of money or just particularly effective. In Tarletta's case, she is, in addition to being a business consultant and a marketing expert, she is also a bartender and a model, and who knows what else she's doing to fill her time as well. She does so much, and she's a great example of how an entrepreneur can really bring all these things together to make an incredible life for themselves and to make the world a better place. So without further ado, let's hear from Tarletta Williams of Black Dragon Marketing. So we have with us today Tarletta Williams of Black Dragon Marketing. Uh, Tarletta is a, a marketing consultant, content creator, small business consultant, and as a hobby in her spare time, she is also a model and a bartender. So she stays pretty busy and has some great stories to share. Tarletta, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're so glad to have you here. Um, so tell us a little bit about Black Dragon Marketing and how you came to be running a marketing agency. So Black Dragon Marketing um, was designed to be a full-service marketing agency. I started my journey pretty much as a business consultant. I've been doing that now for a little over four years, so helping people understand how to build and operate their businesses. And I started to learn that a lot of them also needed help with marketing that business because knowing how to do it and being able to do it and being able to get it to the people that actually need it was a big drop-off for our clients. And we wanted to be as much a part of their success as possible. But I did not want my consulting company competing in the marketing world. Like we would do very small things. So a little bit of social media, a little bit of email marketing, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But we were not um, into running ads and really understanding a lot of the smaller pieces that kind of go into it as a consulting company. So to kind of get around that, I was like, well, I don't want my, I don't want my consulting company competing with large scale marketing agencies. So I decided, well, hey, we'll just build a, a large scale marketing agency and we'll marry the two. That way, our clients can go from one to the other and benefit from the collaboration of both when it comes to getting their business out there and really being able to offer that well-rounded support that most beginning entrepreneurs really need. Makes a lot of sense. And so what was, what was some of the things you learned as you, uh, well, first, how did you get into this, the small business consulting? So when I was in college, I started as a tutor. Um, my sophomore year, I got hired as a tutor for the STEM program at Tallahassee Community College. And I loved it. I loved tutoring. It paid better than minimum wage, which was also awesome. And <laughs> my schedule got kind of busy, so I had to kind of quit that. But going back to minimum wage was not what I wanted to do. 
So the first company I ever started was a tutoring company. And I did that in Tallahassee, which was super easy because, of course, it's a college town. There's kids everywhere. There's families everywhere. And it was really easy to make money. But when I decided to leave um, my actual part-time job at the time, I was kind of doing half of these, half a dozen of the other. And it became a big struggle between trying to keep track with my regular hourly job to pay my bills and my tutoring company. And so I said, you know what, if I can make, I think it was like 300 bucks a week, I had very little expenses back then, for two months straight, I will quit my job and completely become an entrepreneur. And so I did that. So February of 2012, I became a full-time entrepreneur. And June of 2012, when the first summer hit, I was like, holy crap, I did not plan this well. (laughs) (laughs) Because of course, all the kids are now out of school and there are very few people here who need tutoring like, oh. I've got to pay bills and there's nobody here that I really know what to do with. And so I had to really learn how to market myself in a different way than just being a straight up academic tutor. Um, I ended up having smaller part time jobs throughout that journey. And then I moved about a good four hours away um, with no car, no license and no word of mouth. Like in the first few years of my tutoring company, word of mouth was the lifeblood of my company. Uh, People shared me and it made my life a lot easier. I didn't have to market myself because people were already talking about me. Um, But when I decided to move back home, my mom had a medical emergency. I moved me and my kids back here and I had no market whatsoever. I didn't know anybody. I hadn't been here in 10 years. Um, I had no way of, of knowing the educational system that's down here in the time that I was here. And I learned very quickly that marketing was going to be the way I would make it out of this thing. Um, and so over the last two years, actually, I was able to build my tutor company back up to a place that could pay my bills. Yay. Um, always a good thing to do. Yeah. It makes, makes paying bills a lot easier anyway. And, um, I would meet other business owners who would see what I'm doing and they're like, well, how do you do this? How do I, I really want to start a business, but I don't know how. And I've been doing it for eight years now. So I have a, a few friends of mine and we call it the double hustle. So they got a full-time job and they're doing their um, entrepreneurial pursuit on the side. And so they're double hustling right now. And they're like, oh my gosh, how do you do this full-time thing where your livelihood depends on whether or not people buy stuff from you regularly? And I would help them through that. And it really made it, it really made it apparent that what I what I do know I can offer and I can give them guidance. And different ideas. I'm also, I love being creative. I love learning and I love teaching. That's why I became a tutor first. So teaching is kind of in my blood. (laughs) Always has been. And it was a great segue into just teaching business owners how to do what I did and the way that I did it, which wasn't dependent upon the kind of company that you have. Granted, I do do prefer service companies and product companies, but typically they work very similarly when it comes to how you market yourself and how you market your brand and building up that recognition that you really need in order to kind of make it happen. And so I was like, you know what? Business owners need me. We shall fill that need. Sounds like a great reason to get into business. So uh, you know, talk a little bit about, we were talking before the show, you're talking about uh, the importance of creating a strategy before you start doing stuff and just jumping out there and, and winging it. Um, so talk a bit about the importance of strategy in business. Yes. So as I said earlier, my first strategy was just depending upon how much money I needed to pay my bills. And so I said 300 bucks a week for four weeks straight. 
for two months and I am going to do this. I did it. And about three months later, I was like, holy crap, I should not have done that. Um, But when it comes to marketing your business, a lot of people kind of assume that it's just, you know, putting it out there and letting people know what it is. And you kind of say, well, they know, okay, I've got to do social media. I've got to do email. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. People have said these things. And so they go and they do all of it. They jump head first. They're like, okay, I've got this thing that I'm going to sell or do, and I'm going to tell it to people, and they will come and buy it because I have put it in front of them. And we call that the spray and pray. You kind of just mm-hmm. tell the entire world and pray that somebody understands what you're saying. And I was like, most of my clients know that the two words that drive me up a wall are everything and anything because they tell me absolutely nothing about what you're doing at all. (laughs) And so when it comes to developing, when it comes to getting ready to put it out there, you really want to have a clear objective of how you want to measure success. So success for you and success for me are probably two very different things. All the words sound very similar. It's the same word. And so you want to know, okay, so who do I want to talk to? What am I talking about? Why do they care? Like, what makes them want to pay for this, to be completely honest? Like, if they can find it on Google, then we've got some creative things to do here. Um, But also, having a strategy allows you to pinpoint where you might be lacking and where your strong suit is. So whether your strategy is for social media, if you're looking for engagement versus if you're looking for just people to like your page or follow, or you're looking for comments, or you're looking for clicks, or you're looking for them to go to your website, Knowing those specific pieces of your strategy will help you understand how to direct your message. Otherwise, you end up with a lot of people doing a lot of things, but no way to make sense of it. And so you don't know if you're actually being successful or not. And then you end up burning out like super, super fast because you don't know if you're actually doing enough to make the goals you had come to fruition. Like I'm doing all these things and people are doing this and they're doing that, but they're not doing what I want them to do. So having a strategy is really how you're going to be able to monitor if they're doing what you want them to do, if they're understanding what you're saying to them, the way that you want them to understand it. And so it's just like, put it all together before you go out there and you'll have a much better idea on what's successful and what isn't and how to move, how to morph those things for future development. Uh, that sounds like a really key key part of the plan of having that strategy and the metrics. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, then we're going to go in depth more about that and then talk about your pop. So we'll be back in just a moment. I'd like to invite you to join the conversation beyond just listening to the podcast. We have a Facebook group called Confident, Connected, and Influential, which is for people who are looking to be more confident, connected, and influential. I know, pretty creative name. It's a place to connect. It's a place for entrepreneurs and creative people and people like to build their network and just generally awesome folks to come together, share ideas, get motivated, encourage each other, ask questions, and and be together and continue the conversation from the Guy Who Knows the Guy podcast and my other content. So visit facebook.com slash confidentconnected to join the conversation. That's facebook.com slash confidentconnected. And now back to our conversation with Tarletta Williams. We are back with Tarletta Williams of Black Dragon Marketing, 
And we're talking a bit about marketing strategy and the importance of knowing what you're trying to do and what your objectives are. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about uh, your POP, your proof of performance. So tell us a little about what your POP is. So your POP, your proof of performance. Most of us have been, if 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 you've been in business for more than a few months, you've been trying to do something to get people to know who you are. Now, whether that's business cards or flyers or social media marketing, email marketing, building your email list, whatever it is that you're doing in order to get yourself out there is your performance. And typically when we get clients who hire us at Black Dragon, they really want to know if what we're doing is actually bringing back you know, the money. What's our return on investment? What's their ROI? And when you're a business owner, I tell people all the time as a consultant, you want to know your own ROI as well. So the efforts that you're putting into there, not just the dollar amount, but the effort you're putting into it, the time you're putting into it is very, very important because it's really dependent upon that, that you're going to have the best growth. Now, of course, out of the entire world of marketing, entire existence of human beings, word of mouth marketing has always been the best way of doing so. And social media gives us a digital version of that. It's one of the ways that we do measure your pop. But there are roughly six areas in your pop that we do focus on. But mainly it's one, can your customers find you? So based on what you've been doing, if you have a social media business page, be it Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, wherever it happens to be, how are those performing? How many people are going to your website? Do they do they like you? Do they trust you? Are they are they engaging? Have they left a review for you? Um, when you do post, how what's your what's the average number of people who do engage the way you want them to do, like we were saying before? So do you want them to leave a comment? Do you want them to like the post? Do you want them to share the post? How often is that happening? How often are you hitting those markers? And not only that, how are you how are you comparing to the people the other people in the top of your industry? And with our business, with our company, we do allow you to also compare yourself to three of your competitors because we're all you know locally based at this particular point in time. And so how are you performing to your with your competitors and how often they're posting and things like that? So that's your social media. There's also your listings. So if I go to Google and I type in not your business name, but something related. So for Michael Whitehouse, I might type in something like um, recommendation services. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what your keywords are, Michael. <laughs> but if I type those in up in, his, up in his home state, would his name come up? So if I look up um, a guy who knows other people, you know, would Michael Whitehouse appear on my Google searches? But granted, I didn't type in his exact whole name or the name of his company. And that's how people search. They don't search for your name. It's quite unfortunate. So the name of your company does matter, but most people don't look for it. You want to make sure it sounds good, but you want to make sure that it also relates to your audience. So when you have those keywords, how effective are they being? If I typed in, you know, for Black Dragon Marketing, if somebody typed in digital marketing services, in the Tampa area, I would hope that my name comes up on the first page, at least my business comes up on the first page, even though they did not search for me specifically. Now, of course, that also ties into when you do your, your advertising on Facebook and Instagram and other places like that. But how you, but Google being that most searches are performed on Google, most people are going to look up your business before they come and buy from you, before they come and visit from you. It's important that Google knows who you are. And so aligned with also how we're able to search for your company, we look at how how quickly can Google find you on the Internet? Now, Google's, you know, responses come in less than a jiffy, completely honest. Uh, Millions of of responses for a couple of words. And it's great. But 
once that happens, how fast can Google download your website? How fast can they get from Google to you? How much information can they get? Can they see your products and services? Can they find you on Google Maps um, or Bing or Alexa or Postmates or whatever else your brand just happens to be listed? There's about 50 different listing areas for any, for any specific industry. And you want to make sure that you're at least listed. You might not come up first on all of them, but you do want to make sure that you're at least there. Um, we also um, say in your reputation, in your pop would be reputations management. So how often are people mentioning your company, mentioning your name? Um, how, are they leaving reviews? Are you responding to those? Because that's going to tell people, do they trust you? You know, so can I just has somebody given their mm -hmm. verbal recommendation of this company, whether I know them or not? If somebody's already done it and gave them a good thumbs up, I'm more likely to try them anyway. It's kind of like when I had a bet with a, I had a bet with a uh, with one of the owners at a bar I used to work at. And it was like, cause they, they were adamant that nobody liked new drinks. You know, they're like, no, just put the basic drinks on there. And so I just asked them, well, I, I asked Facebook actually. I just said, if a bartender offered you a new drink, would you try it? And overwhelmingly, most people said yes to that. I don't know about you guys, but- I remember that, I said yes. <laughs> exactly. Most people are going to say, yeah, the bar if somebody says it's good, then I'm going to try it, you know, as opposed to the generic thing I get every time. And personally, as a bartender, surprise me, I actually don't drink, so I don't know what half these things taste like. But if I say, hey, somebody likes this one, somebody's like more likely to say, all right, I'll give it a try. It's been endorsed. You want your company to have those endorsements, whether it be from your friends, your family, influencers, or just regular people on Facebook that, you, that you've met that happen to like answering questions, but you want to make sure that you're out there. So whether you've been doing it for a month, for six months, for a year, whether you are a digital marketing agency and you just haven't done your own, knowing your pop gives you a good idea of where to go next. All right. So where have you started? Where are you trying to end and what's important to what you're trying to do? And so this is something that, that you do. Is this like a proprietary formula you use or, or just a general concept or how does it, how does this apply to the services you offer? So this is something that we actually do in-house. And so we offer it, um, we do offer it for free for the first month. So once you sign up to get your pop, we're going to check. Google's going to run. It runs mostly through Google and the data aggregators. There are three main ones that go on the internet and say, is this business viable? And we run it for you. It takes literally less than an hour and we send it to you. And you get a report card, A through F, on how you're performing in those wonderful areas. And sometimes you're like, awesome, I'm doing great. And other times it's like, I should probably fix that. Just maybe. But this is what we do offer in-house. And we do want to make sure that, because like, even like for us, we want to make sure that we're able to say, if you do, like, you're not, it's not a paid service. If you do decide to continue with us, it's a great way for us to be able to say, we know this is where we're starting and we can build a real strategy to, to get you where you want to be with actual data in front of you. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense too, because you give a, solid diagnostic. It gives you an idea of what uh, what needs to be done. And it gives the potential client the chance to say, oh, oh, that's where I'm, I'm having challenges. And um, maybe we should get that fixed. Just maybe. Like, I always tell people, like, you don't know what you don't know until you know, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a huge... Huge thing to be able to get those those diagnostics there. Um, so for for someone who's in business, especially you know in in 2020 here dealing with with challenges and all, what are some of the the key pieces of advice you would give them? 
When it comes, so key pieces when it comes to marketing in 2020 during the pandemic, it's to be present. Like you've got to, like I understand, like most people believe that social media marketing is simply just posting regularly. And unfortunately, that's not quite it. <laughs> uh, when it comes, like, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with social media because I know that's what most people are using at the moment. But it's just so I have a regimen personally as a digital marketing consultant, as a business owner of multiple businesses. I hate social media. It drives me up a wall. It is not my favorite thing to do by far at all. But when it comes to our, so we do offer do-it-yourself services. So do it yourself, do it with me, do it for me. But when you're off, when we do offer our DIY services, I say for social media, typically for anybody who's getting started, when you want to look at, again, you want to look at that engagement. Facebook's algorithm does not favor businesses right now, especially in the pandemic, because it wants to make sure that families are staying connected, friends are staying connected and know that they're safe. So just posting as a business, it's going to be very hard to get your stuff in front of people. And if you don't understand how to read your Facebook analytics, please email me. I'll be happy to walk you through it so you can know whether or not what you're doing is actually being effective or seen for that matter. I've seen clients where their posts are being seen by maybe eight people per post. And, you know, for a business, that's not, that's not a very high number. And so you want to try to change that. Um, so I always say for my personal self, post once on your personal profile, post once on your business profile and go down your newsfeed and leave at least three genuine comments. This is not liking, this is not sending an emoji, actually comment on the post. Um, when you do that, you're actually showing Facebook, Hey, I'm engaging with other people, send me more stuff. And so they'll start putting more people in front of you and vice versa. And by you posting content, like, hey, I'm actually very active. And Facebook sees that. And it's going to say, okay, show it to more people. People can't, people tend to engage with this. People tend to, sorry, that's my, that's my three-year-old in his room. Yeah. So really exciting. <laughs> Social media is exciting. It is. Um, but when people see that, you know, you're, when Facebook sees that you're posting, that, okay, this person is in, this person's creating content that people want to like, share, or comment on. Put it in front of more people. This person is actually commenting on other people's things. Put them, put them in front of put other people in front of them. And for you as a business owner, that means that more people will get to hear your opinion. More people will get to see you as an authority because you're leaving those comments every single day. Like, hey, this person like knows what they're talking about. I want to engage with that person further than the one comment you may have left. The, uh, the second tip is to be aware of your Facebook groups. Um, I haven't run the challenge yet, but I'm interested to know how many Facebook groups are you a part of? So, Michael, how many Facebook groups are you in right now? Uh, a million? No. A million? <laughs> yeah, 150. I don't doubt but, it. <laughs> but a, a lot of them are a lot of them are, are, defun are inactive or defunct groups that I just haven't left. And I, I've started quite a few groups over time as well. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actively leading four or five at this point, including the Confident Connected Influential Group, which is the main group that I'm, I'm really pushing at this yeah. point. But yeah, I'm, again, but I'm part of spacemen. many, many. Spacement's all mine. Oh, yes, yes. The spacement of the rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I always tell people, so when you're a beginning business, uh, business owner, I, I started my journey working with network, with network marketers and MLM people. And their directive would tell them, go find 5,000 friends, like them all, respond to their posts and do all these wonderful, crazy things in order to get them to know, like, and trust you. 
that is the hardest way to do that. And Facebook groups was designed as to create a community to make it a little bit easier, actually. So I tell people, go through your go through your Facebook groups. I'm probably in about 20 at the moment. And I'd say find three to five of them that you can actually engage in. If they're, like I said, they are defunct or you're not, you don't really like the content or whatever. I've left quite a few recently. Then just get out of them unless you feel like there's, or reach out to the people inside of them that you feel you do want to actually be friends with and friend them, friend them somewhere else and then get out of the group. Get out of there. It's a waste of your time. Because if nobody's going to see it, what's the point? But when I join Facebook groups, I always like to see how many members they have, how many posts they have per day, and then how engaged the community is. The more people that they have, the, the bigger audience potential you have, of course, if you were to post inside that group. However, if they're also posting 200 times a day, your post might get lost. It's, it's, it's probably going to get pushed down relatively quickly before other people are able to see it. And typically, when both those numbers are very high, the likelihood of everyone being super engaged is very, very low. And it's usually a group that, well, from what I've, from what I've noticed, usually those groups are very, I call them um, digital corkboards. Everyone kind of just posts their thing and then they kind of leave. <laughs> They're not actually engaged. They're not looking for anything um, in particular. And so those groups I leave. But find three to five groups that you feel that you can engage in. And just like the other tasks I gave you, so posting on your personal profile, your business profile, and leaving three genuine comments on your personal profile, find a group a day and leave three comments there as well. Because you'll find that those, the people that post in those tight-knit groups that are actually engaged and post, you know, a decent number of times a day, but people are actually responsive to them. Those are the groups where you'll be able to make the deeper connections and really get people who are looking for what you're trying to offer and understand what you're trying to say. And that way, your groups actually do serve as the benefit most other influencers sell them as, as opposed to being a part of a thousand groups with 10,000 members and 300 posts a day. Is, is there a third step or those are the two keys for, for getting out there into business on social media? Those are the two keys to social media. But I will say a third one would be, again, based in groups. If you are not sure if what you're posting is appropriate. Um, I think, Michael, you may have noticed this before when I'm posting on social media and I see a comment. Like even if I didn't post the original post, if I go through the comments and somebody just spams like, hey, I earned X amount of money doing cryptocurrency, join this thing, or what they're posting is completely unrelated to the original post. I am the first person to text, this is spammy. Some people like it, some people don't, but it gives me the opportunity to educate them that this is not how Facebook groups and commenting works. Um, But if you're not sure what you're posting is appropriate or that you're allowed to do something, or if you're trying to kind of jumpstart that reputation management and really get yourself out there as an influencer, as somebody to be in front of other people, go to your Facebook groups, find the admins, find the owners, find the moderators, and become their friends. They're regular people like you and me. They check their messages. They check their friend requests, more or less, (laughs) unless they've already hit 5,000. And most of them honestly haven't. They usually can be kind of selective. But by doing that, you, you open up an opportunity for you to meet somebody like a Michael Whitehouse He's like, hey, I've got this thing and you seem kind of awesome. Come be on my thing. And if they don't invite you, you can ask. Hey, I see that you have this group. It's got a lot of people that I'd like to talk to. 
maybe we can have an opportunity, a rev share agreement or a live interview that can benefit your audience and myself or our audiences, pool our resources. And a lot of them are really open to that because I'm sure if you're in, if you've been marketing yourself now, you know that generating content is hard. Finding new things to say every single day or finding new things to do and push and create, it gets a little overwhelming at times. So just like yourself, other business owners, other group owners, other group members are looking for ways to stretch what they're doing. And if they can work with you to have to multi-purpose anything that they've already done, they're usually pretty happy about that. So don't be afraid to be a real person. They're real people too. That sounds like great advice and a great uh, great point to wrap up with. So uh, your your website uh, is uh, blackdragonmarketing.com. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And is there any other ways people can get in touch with you? Yes, they can. They can actually message me on scale at blackdragonmarketing.com because we do want to steal your businesses as much as possible. That's scale at blackdragonmarketing.com. Yes, well, thank is. you very much, Tarlotta, for being on the show. And, of course, they can also see you at Conference 21 in February. Yes, where they can they get their can. tickets at conference21.com. And uh, if they find you on Facebook, you have uh, some fantastic content promoting your appearance. So um, good stuff going on there as well. So thank you very much for being on the show and sharing the great advice. And it's been it's fun, as always, to talk to you. Great. I've had a great time talking to you, to you as well. Another great interview. Tarlas has so much to say, so many great ideas, so many great strategies. I'm super excited to have her as a speaker at Conference 21, along with so many other great speakers. Now, Conference 21 is actually really picking up. We're selling some tickets. We have a sponsor lined up. Uh, I can't tell you who it is uh, until everything finalizes, but I'm about to announce our first sponsor. We have other sponsorship opportunities, and you can find all this at conference21.com. The conference is February 20th and 21st of 2021. February 19th, there's a networking event attached to it. That's a Friday night. And two bonus networking events, January 6th and 29th, included with your ticket. Your ticket's only $21, and the earlier you get your ticket, the more of those networking events you can get to. So get your ticket now, conference21.com. This conversation with Tarletta got me thinking about uh, this idea of kind of confidence versus arrogance that I want to talk a little bit about before uh, we conclude. And now, so confidence is, I will do great things. I have a destiny, uh, and every little thing I'm doing now will lead me to that. Arrogance is, I will do great things, and so I don't need to do these little things because my destiny awaits. I have suffered from and been guilty of arrogance for some time, and I keep thinking I'm over it, and then I keep doing it again. Uh, So I want to talk about it because maybe you are in that place as well, and perhaps this message will rouse you from your reverie. If nothing else, I'm talking to past Michael uh, of various times. So there are times when you need to do unsexy things. There are times when you need to take scut work-type jobs, delivery jobs or cleaning jobs or, or, you know, non-impressive jobs, the kind of jobs people are like, yep, well, that's a job. I don't have to do that. And I, for some time, had this idea in my head of like, I'm destined for great things. You know, I, I have things to say. I need to record them and document and share. I don't have time to be de- doing deliveries. I don't have time to be cleaning. I don't have time for this or that. And what that meant was, looking back, I didn't build the fundamental building blocks to actually get to the greatness that I thought I was destined for. And thus, haven't gotten there yet. 
on my way doing some things. I think I'm helping some people in a small way, but I'm not doing bigger things because I always just kind of assumed it would come together. And I've actually heard this is endemic in my generation that we were taught you can be anything you want. Not taught if you work hard enough, you can be anything you want, but it's going to look really messy how you get there. Just taught you can be anything you want. And so I got this idea of I'm going to be amazing. So, you know, well, I shouldn't take that job. That job's actually kind of dangerous. And if something happens to me, well, then the world's going to lose out on something really cool. So I'm not going to do that thing. I'm going to stick to these things, which seem like they're more in line with my greatness and destiny. And thus, I wasn't doing the things that just make the money. You need to pay your bills. You need to just make the money. You need to put money in the bank. I saw a speaker uh, once. He he was one of the founders of a hotel group here in Southeast Connecticut. It's built all kinds of hotels. They've made zillions of dollars. And he bought into the company for $30,000. And I asked him a question, where'd that money come from? He said, I worked and I saved. And I'm thinking, oh, wish I could do that. I could have done that. But instead of saying, where do I get a job where I can make some money and put some away so I'm ready to buy into the opportunity when I find it, instead I was looking for these Hail Marys, looking for these get-rich-quick schemes, quite frankly, and never got rich quick. So I got poor slow. What I should have done was I should have found jobs that weren't fantastic but would pay the bills so I could then build one step at a time to the greatness I was eventually destined for. Did not do that finally doing it now. That's why I'm taking gigs now and delivering packages and doing this and that while other things build. You know, my speaking is building. My motivational programs are building. My conferences are building. As those build, I need to pay the bills. I can't be building up debt while I'm building the programs. So I'm finally at the age of 40 grasping the idea of I just need to make the money. You've got bills to pay, so make the money. Don't be a starry-eyed dreamer. Right? You can dream, but keep your feet on the ground. You got to make the money first. You got to pay your bills. You got to pay your rent. Now, maybe you can, if you're in a position to cut your expenses, don't eat out, get a cheaper apartment, live in a cheaper town, whatever. I'm not in a position to do that because now I've got a family and a child and engagement in the community. And so there's a certain uh, cost, housing cost we have, certain uh, car costs we have. Those are fixed costs. I can't bring those down. So I need to raise my income. But either way, before anything else, your income has to match your expenses. If you can't make that happen, nothing else matters. The great thing is, in 2020, there's so many opportunities to get that income in legitimate ways, whether it's delivering, pack delivering packages, delivering food, um, doing other side work, virtual assisting, copywriting, any number of things. So the point is, get the money. Get the money, then strive for the dream. But you got to be able to pay your bills. Otherwise, you're striving for your dream in uh, a cardboard box. So that's what I have there. Uh, after the credits, which are about to roll, I will have a, another sample of the daily motivation that I'm sharing at motivation.guyknowsaguy.com with the music and the whole thing. I think you really like it. And you should go to motivation.guyknowsaguy.com and subscribe to it because it's going to be coming in your email and it's going to be a podcast starting on January 1st. So keep an eye out for that one. Um, so be sure to like and subscribe and subscribe and share and rate and review and all those things you do for this podcast so that other people can find it. Because if you listen this long, you probably liked it. All right, here come the credits. This is the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with Michael Whitehouse. Segment introductions by Rowan Whitehouse. Our theme song is composed by Patrick Howard of Four Unicorns Design. Other music was Bits and Bites by Klaus Appel and Summer Ambient Piano by Raphael Crook. 
of filmmusic.io. Find us on the web at www.guywhoknowsaguy.com. Questions can be submitted in written form or as an audio file to michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. You can also follow The Guy Who Knows a Guy on Facebook at facebook.com slash the guy who knows a guy. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode or the podcast as a whole, we welcome you to share our links with them. Thanks. I'll see you next week. Sometimes opportunity knocks. Sometimes it rings. Sometimes it sneaks in the side door. Sometimes it comes on a ship or a plane or in the mail. And sometimes... We're not paying attention to it. Will that be you? Are you going to let opportunity go by today? No. No, you're not. You're going to pay attention. You're going to listen for the knock or the ring or the email or the phone or whatever it is, whatever form it takes. And maybe it'll seem right down the line exactly what you're looking for. And maybe it'll be something a bit unexpected. You're going to open your eyes today. You're going to expand your horizons. Expand your perception of what is opportunity and realize that there is so much opportunity around you. So much, so much opportunity here, there, and everywhere. You have incredible opportunities. You have business opportunities. You have opportunities to learn, opportunities to grow, opportunities to travel. You have opportunities to do so many things. Whatever it is that makes you happy, whatever it is that gets you excited, whatever your concept of success is, you probably have two or three times as many opportunities as you are immediately thinking of. You might just be thinking, well, I just need opportunities to make money. I bet you've got more opportunities to make money than you're even thinking of. But even beyond money, opportunities to learn, to grow, to connect to become the best version of yourself in so many ways. Don't limit yourself. Don't get caught up in what you think you should be looking for, what you think is the right kind of opportunity for you, because the universe will deliver you the right opportunities. You have to be the one to seize them. And it won't always look like what you're expecting. It won't always be what you're looking for. So you need to have your eyes open, your hands open, your mind open to seize every one of these opportunities that you are so fortunate to have come to you. Because guess what happens when you start looking? When you start looking around, you start accepting them, then you start to be able to take them. You start to see them. You start to receive them. That's all the law of attraction is. That idea of manifesting and receiving it. All it is, is once you start thinking, I'm going to find opportunities, you start to see them out there. Because they've always been there. They've always been there. Have you always had your eyes open for them? Probably not. Most people don't. But that's okay. Because today is a new day. And in this new day, you're going to look for new opportunities. New types of opportunities. Entirely different categories. Whether they're opportunities to make money, make new friends, find new exciting experiences, to travel, to learn, to simply have fun in a different way. So many ways that you can be the best version of yourself And you, today, are going to keep your eyes and your ears and your mind open to every single one.
Hope you enjoyed that motivational message. If you would like to get more in your email every single day, it's motivation.guyonosaguy.com. Sign up. It's free. That's motivation.guyonosaguy.com. Thanks for listening. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV connect.com December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.